following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. Welcome to the Producers. Following podcast is brought to you by The Beard Struggle. The Beard Struggle makes quality beard and grooming products for the modern man who likes to look good while raiding the countryside. Visit their website, thebeardstruggle.com, to scope out their awesome product line and use promo code JAWS20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. The Beard Struggle, because everyone looks better with a beard. Lights, camera, podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Producers. I am the Wizard of Jaws, joined by the quote king, Austin Kelm. We are here. We are back. We are doing it. We had to take a week off because my life was so damn, damn busy. I didn't know where I was half of last week. What's we up, took buddy? a week off? What happened? We didn't do one last week. Are you sure? Did we? I think we did. I don't didn't, know. Didn't we? I don't. You know what? I'll take your word for it. It's all good. It's the summertime. The weather's gorgeous. Everybody's outside. It's a whole thing. I'm totally fine with it. Uh, you but know I'm what? Super. What we, we we did in fact release one last week. It was the only show I actually did. I didn't do. I was just going to say I was. There was a, some the, the sports one didn't actually go up. But I distinctly remember sitting here with you. Yeah. No, you're and right. This hats, conversation. Hats, tats, and stats. Uh, tip of the cap. And common debauchery actually took a week off as well because I just didn't have time. But we got this one. We are the that's how com- it's how committed we are of consistency <laughs> on the producers. It's what we do, and we're back without taking a week off. That's uh, right. It's episode twenty-five. Ooh, the big two-five. You know what? This is. It kind of makes sense then. I mean, I don't. Maybe it doesn't make sense. The number two-five has really nothing to do with what we're talking about, but. But it is, the, it is my baseball number. It's the quarter quell. It's, uh, I mean, To Kill my not To Kill a Mockingbird. The and, Mockingjay? That one? No, reference? Nothing? Um, no? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, you got it. There we go. Yeah, Nailed it. Boom. Sure. Jay um, <laughs> <laughs> Hunger Games. Hunger, hungry. nail, there it is. Uh, I'm hungry. Yep, nailed it. Uh, so, ironically, we so we're doing an actor this week. We're talking about Tom Hanks. And the reason that this <laughs> is kind of apropos for 25 is episode two was Forrest Gump. Which easily. I think is one, one of the best movies of all time. It, like right. easily one. I, if, if I had to pick a top five favorite movie of all time, Forrest Gump's got to be in the top five. Right. I'm not sure where everybody would rank that, but it's definitely in mine. It's right up there towards the top. That That's an, the all time remote dropper for me that when it's on, I'm like, Oh, Forrest Gump. Every time. It doesn't matter where. Doesn't yep. matter where in the movie. It could, yep. There could be five minutes left. I'm finishing Forrest Gump. Well, I feel like it's a 50 hour movie. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not. It's, it's, it's well north of two hours. So people are always like, you can get caught with commercials anywhere in a three hour afternoon showdown with oh, yeah. Forrest Gump. I, uh, I showed this one to Alley Cat for the first time with like within the last six months. She was like, 
that was really good. I'm like, I can't believe you haven't seen it until now. I, I would also say the same thing. I can't believe she hasn't seen Forrest Gump. And now, don't get me wrong. She is, and we have this conversation all the time. She has little to no like music or music, Jesus, movie acumen. Mm-hmm. So whenever I say, have you seen, I go, have you seen? I know this is going to be a stupid question, but have you seen? And then she'll be like, no. And I'm like, okay, I knew that. Like, but this is this movie, whatever. That's the quote I made. You, you need a running list for her movication. Uh, we just slowly, right? Just one at a time. Every time I, I do that, I'm like, I need to make a list of things you need to see. And then we'll start like crossing them off. And I could, every time I say that I could start the list and there'd be 40 movies on the list already. If I started the list the first time I said it, I don't know that there's enough time left in our lives to catch up on all that movie on all these movies. <laughs> That's probably true. So let's talk about a whole lot of movies. Allie probably hasn't seen. Uh, correct. So, I mean, the fantastic thing is that Tom Hanks has been doing this for over 40 years. Yeah. That he, his career has now spanned four decades and he's got hits and success stories in every single decade where he was relevant. It's not like one of those situations where, oh, well, yeah, he did a whole bunch of crap for the first 10 to 12 years and then he hit it big later on. Nope. He had big ones in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and then the, the 2010s. Is that sure? We'll go with that. But uh, I really, I think what, what kickstarted his career, and now you can make arguments for maybe the movie Splash or, you know, the Money Pit, something like that. But I think Big, for the most part, pretty much sent him into, I don't know, he was on his way to the A-list. You know what I mean? Maybe he wasn't there at the time, but like that really, it put him on the map and it really kicked things off. Well, and you want to talk about a guy who kind of like took off a little bit. Like he was a, he, he played in a, a movie called He Knows You're Alone back in 1980. That was his first credited acting role. Then like one episode of The Love Boat. Uh, 37 episodes of I believe that says Bosom Buddies. <laughs> then like an episode of I, Taxi. I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. I'll take yeah. the word for it. Uh, an episode of Taxi, an episode of Happy Days, an episode uh, or a TV movie called Mazes and Monsters. Three episodes of Family Ties. Then he got back into movies with Bachelor Party, then Splash in 84, The Man with One Red Shoe in 85, Volunteers in 85, The Money Pit in 86, Nothing in Common in 86. Every time we say goodbye in 86, then they were in a music. He was Pep Strebeck, Pep Strebeck with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks in City of Crime. And then that led into Dragnet and then Big. In '88, so in eight years, this dude from like we went from like a movie you never heard of, a couple one-off TV series, dude, random guy number two, like full-time featured actor, like headlining a movie that is a a big's a big movie, and you know, and really, and it didn't take him too much longer to really go absolutely crazy. So I mean, I remember the movie Radio Flyer from growing up. Right, sure. so that was a big deal. I had the Radio Flyer Red Wagon, so I mean that was that was a thing for me. And then you go into A League of Their Own, which a lot of people put in the conversation for best sports movie all time. Oh, it, it, it was easily the best baseball movie when uh, Hats, Tats, and Tats did their movie uh, their movie poll. Right, and it's something that I quote all the time with "There's no crying in baseball." I mean, everything else that goes into to that movie. To, I mean. Sleepless in Seattle the very next year. And then it, it just goes off the chains because he does Philadelphia, which yep. he won best an Oscar for best actor for. Then the very next year did Forrest Gump, which he won best actor for one of the only people to ever win back to back years. And then as if that wasn't good enough, the next year he did Apollo 13. So yeah, it took a, a small downtick there. He didn't win an Oscar for Apollo 13. And then the year after that starts toy story 
which is I mean well, the no, greatest no. animated. Apollo thirteen was ninety five. So was the original Toy Story. Oh, well, in the order that they have them ranked, it looks right. like Apollo came out first. Oh, and, yeah, then, and I'm sure it did. Right, I'm sure it did. But then hammers out Toy Story right after, which again the the greatest Pixar franchise animated non real people movie franchise ever. Right, it's just so, and, how and, many and hundreds of millions more of billions. Uh, right, I don't know how many billions of dollars that's raked in, but it, that's just and it's gone from there. And he kind of got uh, I don't want to say pigeonholed, but I mean lots of romantic comedies. I feel, you know what I mean? He's just a super nice guy. A lot of people think, I forget, there's a, a comedian that I'm a big fan of named Christopher Titus. Love he Titus. Talks, yep. He talks about having, that celebrities have D-bag credits. And he goes, what do I mean by D-bag credits? He goes, everybody in their careers racks up a certain amount of D-bag credits and you can just dish them out every now and again. He goes, Alec Baldwin, like, Lose, like goes through all of them on an airplane. Charlie Sheen blows through all of his in a weekend in Las Vegas. He goes, but the number one leader in D-bag credits, he was just Tom Hanks. He goes, let me prove my point. He goes, if you woke up tomorrow morning and the newspaper said, Tom Hanks punches a baby, your first response is, what did that baby do to Tom Hanks? I don't understand. He would, he would never do anything like that. What did the kid do to set him off? He goes, that's why he's the leader in D-bag credits, because he's feel like he's the nicest guy ever. So really, he gets, I don't want to say pigeonholed, because a lot of them are just super successful movies, but... Again, Sleepless in Seattle to You've Got Mail. There's just a lot of rom-com type things. But then sprinkled in Saving Private Ryan and The Green Mile and Castaway, which again, of acting chops, Castaway, you're literally on an island by yourself. He acts with nobody. He talks to a volleyball with a a bloody handprint on it. Yep. He talks to nobody for 98% of the movie. And And, and it's fantastic. And thank God... That it was a Wilson volleyball, right? See, what if it was Voight or something like? Yeah, it would have been nearly as funny. Like him, it's like Voight, Voight. Like people are like, "What the hell?" Like, but Wilson, just hilarious. Which is just utterly ridiculous. And I, you know, I don't know who who came up with that idea, but that really is, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Like who just, said, "Hey, just you making, call Wilson, making it work with what he finds washed up on shore." Including which uh, like again ingenious. All right, exactly. Oh, yeah. FedEx truck crashes. He uses videotapes and stuff like that, and ice skates that he found in boxes to create an axe and a saw and everything. The the ingenuity, they a new take on the castaway. Yeah, you know I mean because they could have gone the generic route, and he could have just found whatever he was using on the island, like every other castaway movie style movie that they have. But right, the the, the FedEx p- crash plane to go along with it was really pretty fantastic. Right, and and really a, a main reason why he was able to survive, yeah. Because like, and and that's probably one of the most like interesting parts of the movie is most castaway movies. Like all of a sudden, people just have a working understanding on how to build a hut with like <laughs> right. stripped bamboo and like palm trees. Right. I, like, listen, I've I've taken some survival stuff in my day. Of you know, I'm an outdoorsman to some extent. I would probably struggle. Right, like no, this, this dude, like you, you put this dude on an island, he's probably screwed. But you give him this weird, everlasting gift of things to make it a little easier because there was a, a FedEx truck that fell, or like a a thing, like a, what was it, like a, a FedEx truck carrier fell off, like a fell off a ship or something, like and all the boxes started washing up on shore. Like, good, great, it makes sense, it's perfect. Right, the Green Mile was a great movie too. 
I really and, it, and he's been in some long movies. Catch Me If You Can is a long movie. The oh, Green God, Mile yeah. is like over three hours. But I mean, as a Stephen King novel, that's just kind of that's it, what you're dealing with there. It's it's he's got so many different roles where I don't think I could ever like he, he's the only person who could do that role. Like Woody's voice is forever Tommy. Like nobody else could do Woody, and it would not sound. And you can say that about a lot of characters in Toy Story. Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear. That's just yeah. a, you know what I mean? It's it's just crazy. I remember watching a video, honestly, it was probably a few years ago now. Um, Tom Hanks was on Ellen. Yeah. And they did, and then she's obviously Dory from Finding Nemo. Sure. So so the two of them went back and forth that she did this this shtick where she's like, she had the audience close their eyes. And then he t- Tom Hanks just going, oh, come on, bullseye. And he did the whole Woody thing. And she was like, where are we going? Like, Pete Sherman, 42 Wild Wish It. And she did the whole Dory thing. From, it was just like inner nostalgic, like, your inner Disney just oozed out of your pores. Right. <laughs> it just made you, I don't care what age you are. You were like, that might've been the most magical thing I've ever heard of in my life. Oh, like, and the, the polar express one, two, three, four, five, six, six different voices in the polar express. Woody was, Woody was so popular that he voiced the Woody car in cars in cars. Yeah. That's <laughs> you, you know, he made the Simpsons movie as himself. Which again, isn't that your claim? Isn't that everybody's like, hey, you've made it. The Simpsons yeah. put you on <laughs> an episode of The Simpsons. Maybe, maybe not for him, but I feel like it's always pretty cool when they have you. No, that, that's definitely a they, nod to like, I mean, because because you're either, if when you make a, a, a series like The Simpsons or now Family Guy, when you make an appearance as yourself on those things, it's, it's a sign that you've either done something just so epically dumb that they have to put you in. Right. Which means you're famous, but for the wrong reasons, or that you've like, you're a staple, you're an icon that your likeness as a Simpsons character or as a family guy character means something. Right. And really, and that's, or they're, you know, the Simpsons are predicting the future and maybe they were being clairvoyant again. Maybe right. Tom Hanks was like, right, like they knew it was coming. But you want to talk about like just catchphrases from one guy? I mean, Woody's got a bunch. I mean, but so not that he, so he didn't say run for us, run. So, but I mean, so even if you're, you're attributing that to Jenny, he was the run for us, run. But then, you know, life's like a box of chocolates. You never Lieutenant know. Lieutenant Dan ice cream. Uh, right. And that you and I say that all the time. And then I must say, run like the wind bullseye all the time. And that's just <laughs> nonsensical. It doesn't even mean, mean anything. But then I'll, I, I'll look at somebody and just be like, there's a snake in my boot. Uh, right. Somebody poisoned the watering hole. <laughs> I mean, and the the Houston, we have a problem, which anybody could have said that, but it was Tom Hanks, naturally. Right. And uh, in just, there's no crying in baseball and uh, Sleepless in Seattle, like all the I'll have what she's having. And now again, Meg Ryan and whatever. So he, but he's involved in all of these very iconic scenes, whether it be him or his co-star are, are in scene. Like again, so he doesn't say a word, but in him playing the piano with their feet, with Robert Loggia in big. I, I will turn on that movie just to watch that scene and then like go about my day. Like I'll just YouTube it. Sometimes I go, man, that was good. You know right. I, mean? I, I can't play it with my hands, let alone jumping up and down, hitting it with my feet. <laughs> like I am, I am musically inclined. Still couldn't do it. I don't have the hand foot coordination to pull that off. Like I'm, I'm sitting here scrolling through his filmography and like I forgot that he did the Da Vinci Code, Angels and Angels Demons, and Demons yeah. and Inferno. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, 
And I love and, the book series, which just made me like the movie series, the the trilogy even better. Oh yeah, and like and seeing all the things depicted, like that is one of the few like book series that I can say I've read prior to the movie, and right. like yes, they, they were fantastic. They were like for a book to be visually stimulating, in my opinion, like where it just triggers your imagination, it describes the things going on to a point that you can see it in your mind, and then the movie does it just like does that justice was awesome plus like the historical like tips and hints and like in interesting info that was based on true like some right. sense of truth honestly you know? it kind of it always kind of reminded me of like the assassin's creed games like yes. switching total gears to video games where they took actual historical context but then added the fictional element of the assassin so the same the dan brown kind of did the same thing actual historical things but he input this this fictional character and made him solve this thing, or, or you know, even mysteries that had not been solved, that he made him solve it in these books. Yeah, like and, and but again, the whole fantastic. thing is fantastic. Agreed. And really, even some of his like, I don't know, I don't want to say not good movies or or not they weren't absolute blockbusters are still very good movies. So like, there's there are several things on here that I never saw. Holy shit! Oh boy. You know, look up like how much money no. he's grossed. No, because <laughs> I thought that would have been it. He was in eighteen eighty three. I did not oh, recognize. Oh. Holy shit! I did not recognize him in the moment when I watched this. Oh, the the show, right? Yeah. First off, eighteen eighty three was fantastic. Which I so I have not. It's it's in the queue, but I have not. Oh my god! Uh, you, I just finished Ozarks, to. so now I got now it'll be a whole thing. Now you you on. need to like you want to talk about a show that like Tim McGraw with a beard playing this scruffy, <laughs> gruffy former Confederate soldier. Cowboy is fantastic. Um, Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott being just, just Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott. Yeah. And every role he's ever yeah, been Sa in. Sam Elliott as himself. He <laughs> and like a total sidebar. You want to talk about an actor? I don't think he acts. I think people oh, write right. roles that like just putting Sam Elliott in is, was like the plan. And if you can't get Sam Elliott for the role, you just cut that guy out of the movie. Everybody in the show, The Ranch, is acting except for Sam Elliott. Right. <laughs> like, and, and that's, that could that's be how, his house on his ranch. That would be what did he do. And, and that's how 1883 feels. Everyone else is acting, and then they're just going along with what. Because like, I, I honestly believe Sam Elliott was alive back in 1883 <laughs> and made this trip, and it's actually a biography. I, that's another, another thing. But like, there's a point in the movie or in the show uh, that they're showing a flashback, and they flashback Tim McGraw. Is it like it, it's post civil uh, post a battle in the Civil War, and he's just looking out of the battlefield over the carnage, realizing that his side has lost. He's one of the only, if not the only, survivor, and he just sits down and looks out. And then a, a, a general from the U.S., like from the Blue Coats, comes and sits next to him, and they just look out over the battle, like, "Oh my God, what did we just do?" It's freaking Tom Hanks, and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> See, he's a chameleon. Like I, I want to like share my screen with you to show you this pic, like because like now that now that I know I can see it, but like I, I didn't I say, don't do, don't do it. It's a spoiler alert now because I, yeah. I don't I'll know that's where it is. That's fine. Oh my but god! I, I'll I'll be on the lookout for him now the whole time. Yeah, that like that's insane. Holy shit! I was I was very taken aback. I was just like, what caused you to? I okay. I I loved. 1883. I'm actually mad that it was only like 10 episodes. 
they could have made a five season sh- like series about it. Now, the plan apparently, uh, for those who don't know, 1883 is the prequel series to the show Yellowstone. And it's basically showing how the family that's the center focus of the show Yellowstone gets to that point. And right. this is like the start of the of that family going toward Yellowstone. They ended in 10, in 10, uh, 10 episodes. And then what they're going to do is from there, they're going to like move it up to like 1929 or something. And it's going to be like the son who's like seven, like five or seven or something like that in 1883 right. is in his 50s pushing 60s. And it's him and his family now carrying on the story. Mm. And there's going to be like one more in the middle until they get to Yellowstone. Allegedly. That's, that's at least the plan for now. So, and what I thought you were gasping at is that I thought you were going after, I thought you were going money ways. So, so Tom Hanks right now is, I think all like ever, because it doesn't say living or dead. It just says all time based on the, Credited roles in the 48 films that he's been in, he has grossed over $9 billion worldwide for his box office grossing, which is number one. So between the, like everything you just said, from the Da Vinci Codes to Forrest Gump to all the Toy Story movies, like over $9 billion worldwide, and he is number one out of anybody, which again, I, that makes total sense to me because I, anytime I feel like he's in something, he automatically lends... Uh, legitimacy to the to the movie. I don't yeah, care, like, like serious credibility. Right, exactly. Like there's there's I, movies that I see previews for that I'm like, this looks stupid. And then Tom Hanks is in. I'm like, well, I'm gonna watch it. I, right. <laughs> well, now I gotta look. I'm not gonna like thing. it, but I'll do it. Right. <sighs> and and often, so many times, it's good. I mean, again, I, I think of how many people, uh, all these stupid taglines, and I, I suppose you can say this about a lot of different actors. But I'm looking at like Captain Phillips, where like the the black guy's like, I'm the captain now. Right. But the, do you mean like he's saying that to Tom Hanks? So even though he's not the one saying them, I don't know. Look, I'm just equating look, look, look all of these things. I am the captain now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so stupid. It's like, like I think like he's saying all these things. He's not. But he's having them said to him. So, so fine. That, that works out. And like, so Tom Hanks is also in and of himself kind of funny. Like. Anytime I've ever seen him in an interview, he's just been direct quotes. I've made over 20 movies and like five of them are good. Like they they, they talk about the CGI that was used in the Polar Express. And he's like, I don't know. It's the same stuff they use in the fourth Lord of the Rings movie or the 19th Lord of the Rings movie. You know, the one where Bildo and Jingy crossed to travel the bridge. I don't know. I don't know their names. When I watched Lord of the Rings, I just think someone got their fingers stuck in the word processor for too long. Like, just, just talking smack about like an iconic movie franchise like yeah there's no big deal so some of the some of the highest grossing movies of all time and, maybe and listen <laughs> i agree i agree with them the second movie didn't have to be a thing it was literally a movie of them walking there's an entire scene there's an entire scene in clerks 2 where they make fun of the lord of the rings franchise be like it's three movies of them walking like oh, ready yeah. want to see want to see the first movie this is it and the guy just starts walking and then he comes back and goes, I want to see the second movie? And it's him walking. He goes, all right, want to see the third movie? And it's him walking, and then he stops and, like, throws the ring. Fakes it, like, fakes <laughs> taking a ring off, drops it, shrugs, and walks away. And he goes, and if that wasn't bad enough, then there's the 25 false endings at the end. Like, right. Well, it's, it's, and, 10, and it's 10 hours worth of movie of them essentially walking in an oversimplified. That's one of those great things of explain a movie franchise to me in the worst way possible. A group of people a, walked. Uh, right, seriously, this is ten hours of people walking, <laughs> like Lord of the Rings, nailed it. 
Uh, but it's just, he does so many good things. And really, it's, I, I don't know why I'm ever surprised. I shouldn't be. To be like, oh, I was surprised that that I liked Castaway as much as I did because it's just him by himself and it's like I don't know, like, but it, but it it was so good and clever. And it's like, and again, he's fantastic in the Green Mile. Now, Michael Clark Duncan, who's the the big guy, who is oh, kind of, yeah. I mean, they, it, Tom Hanks is the main character. He's he's the guy you see as old, and he's recounting the stories. So he's also kind of the narrator, um, although it's the older version of himself narrating. So technically not Tom Hanks, but it's his character. It's it's yeah. this whole thing, but. Um, Again, I should never be surprised. I mean, even like again, not popular things. So, I one of my favorite movies of his is The Terminal, and I don't even ever seen it. But he's like he gets stuck in an airport terminal. He gets stuck in JFK. Sure. So he's he's from a foreign country and he speaks next to no English. And while he's in the air, he's coming to visit the United States. And while he's in the air, um, there's a military coup in his home country, and they like overthrow the government. So because his country doesn't have. A, like a government, there's no president. They don't recognize his visa anymore. Oh, so I ha- he, okay, I've seen this once. It was a long time ago, though. Right. So he so he can't fly home to his country because it's it's currently like a war torn area. But they can't allow him out of the terminal into the United States because they don't recognize his visa because he like has no home. It's the weirdest gray area story ever. Sure. But, so because he speaks like little to no English, so Tom Hanks as an actor is acting like he speaks very little English, and he speaks with that accent the entire time. And it's again, it's a fantastic movie. It's him like, you know, rounding up change and rounding up the carts to to like the, the cart return, like at Aldi, where you get the quarterback. And right. he takes like a handful of change and he goes to, to Burger King and he just like scarves down all this food. And it's just the whole movie takes place inside an airport terminal. Right. Which again, kind of sounds like a ridiculous premise, but he's fantastic in it. Yeah. And he's so likable and like charming. How is that possible when you barely speak English in a movie? <laughs> like it'd be like you were silent for a movie, and like God, he was good in that. Was I, I mean, Leo, maybe, won, like, like Leo's only Oscar came from a movie that he barely spoke in. So I, maybe that's the trick. Uh, maybe, right? Maybe seriously, just, speak less, smile more. Right. Let's talk less, smile more. But that's whatever. For those that's playing right, the listen, home game, that's Hamilton, a Hamilton reference. reference. No, I got it. No, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got it. Uh, I nailed that. And, and it's actually funny. So. I'm looking at his IMDb page, and they have That's a true. trademark for Tom Hanks. And his trademark is being a likable, mild-mannered, and good-natured person. And have, Sorry, being, ha- being likable, mild-mannered, and having a good-natured personality. And then, he, like, one of my favorite movies of his, he's the exact opposite of that. He's, the, he's a, an alcoholic former pro baseball player with a shitty attitude and a shitty outlook on life. <laughs> but he's great. So, I mean, it really, has he ever been a bad guy? I mean, I, now, now we're kind of cheating because we're, we're looking at the paper. But I mean, I just kind of, I looked away. I'm like, I'm trying to remember, has he ever been not the main guy? Like, you know what I mean? The main good guy, like the guy you root for. Because I feel like every movie, you're either rooting for him to get the girl or you're rooting for, do you know what I mean? Like, or whatever that case is, you're never rooting against Tom Hanks, which I feel like is unique for an actor. So I've got in 2002 in the road to, Perditon, <laughs> Road to Perdition. Sure, Perditon. I like it. That's, my way uh, I think that's it, Kate Winslet and some stuff. I think. Uh, so yeah, in the Road to Perdition, uh, he played a gangster stepping away from the characters he normally plays, and I actually now have a list of times Tom Hanks played a bad guy. <laughs> uh, let's see. See, some somebody out there was thinking about it, so they needed to know. Uh, 
the cl- uh, Cloud Atlas. I've uh, honestly never, I've never seen Cloud Atlas. So I mean, it's one of the few movies where I'm like, huh? Uh, the Lady Killers, where the character he plays is just goofy to start with, but has a sinister and diabolical lean to him that is kind of convincing since he's a twisted kind of genius with enough charm to get people to do what he wants and manipulate them into a scheme that eventually sees all of them dead. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. That would do it. And then The Circle. Um, so he... You're telling me out of like four, 48 movies, we've got three? Yeah. <laughs> four, 48 times or 45 times he was a good guy? And every, and you know, I, every, every 12 movies or so, he just says, you know what, let's put on the other hat. Well, like, away with it, this. even in the circle, it says uh, it's a bit tough to see to believe, or it's a bit bit tough to see him as a bad guy because he believes what he's doing is right. But I mean, that's all the good true for a lot of bad guys that might have plausible motives for what they're doing, but don't right. have any recourse when it's discovered by so many that their actions are just wrong. Um, so in this apparently the movie is con- concerning the idea of placing cameras on people to see what they do every day. Um, it's easy to think the person controlling cameras and the flow of information would be less than savory character, uh, would be all less than savory character, then it might be qualified to be a villain. So, and like, I think I've seen the circle. It, it's been a while. So. That's another one where I'm like, I don't think I've seen that movie. But I think like at one point they're like, they're going and looking back on people's memories and stuff. And like, he's not a bad guy in the traditional sense. It's just like, it's a, not a great like idea that at the end you find out like how bad of an idea it really was kind of thing. I don't know. But like this dude is just, I mean, he's won two Oscars. And again, and back, back to back. Yeah. Um, he has, he's won 89 other awards and been nominated 200 times. <laughs> just, I mean, you know, just a casual 200 nominations. Whatever. You know what? And there are so many times that, like, I feel like he's utterly phenomenal. But maybe the reason you didn't win is because somebody else in the movie just took it to uh, what is a, a slightly better level. So I go back to like, you know, I thought Leo should have won for The Departed. Right. Right. I think that's just phenomenal. I think that might that might be his best work. But then Jack Nicholson wins, and it's tough to make an argument against Jack Nicholson. But like, I don't know. Leo was just fantastic. Jack just happened to be a little bit better. You know what I mean? He's he's fantastic in Saving Private Ryan, but I mean, if you're looking at that movie as a whole, uh, it's probably Matt Damon, right? I mean, that's the whole... You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's, there's several instances like that where you're on the screen, he's great, but kind of gets overshadowed just the littlest bit. But you, you know what? I guess his floor is always high. That if, if you're going to out-act or going to be better than Tom Hanks in a film you have to take it to a whole nother level that maybe you didn't know you had because you know, he's coming with the a game every time. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm actually, (laughs) all right. So he was nominated. And we're just going to talk about Oscars here. He was nominated for best actor in 89 for big. And Dustin Hoffman won it. Was that Tootsie? It had to be right. It doesn't. I think it so. doesn't actually. Or, or or Rain Man. Rain Man sounds more like it. I don't know if he ever won for Tessie, but I think I think he won for Rain Man. Yeah. Which which again I get. He was fantastic and big, but I mean uh, Dustin Hoffman, Rain Man is is again one of the best movies of all time. 
then he obviously won for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. And then he lost in 99 when he was... What the hell? <laughs> okay, okay. So Hoffman won for Rain Man. There we go. That's what I didn't do. Uh, he was nominated for Saving Private Ryan in 99. Lost to Roberto Benigi for Life is Beautiful. Which I've never heard of, if I'm being totally no. honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree with you. Yep, I got nothing there. He was nominated again in 2001 for Castaway and lost to Russell Crowe from Gladiator. No shit. Right. And then in 2020, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I'm not going to change my my setup there to whatever. I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, he's out who he's the only that person deal. that he he he. I mean, he's the only person that could have been Mister Rogers. I think right, and that's nobody else would have done that justice. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to find out who beat him. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we were on that track. I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> I, I got. I got to know Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> so, so again, what's, what's a good movie I, I, yeah it's and like so again like of, of the Leo times one he's where lost, Leo was great yeah of the times he's lost he like one time we went who the rest were like right. no, but yeah, the other okay, times, fine sure <laughs> but I mean the dudes so he's been nominated one two three four six six times he's been nominated for an academy award he's won two of them to be honest with you I thought it was going to be more than that I don't know I don't know why but I, I thought that was well, going to be. He's also been nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, thirteen Emmys, and won seven of them. Okay, so you see, she's hitting at a sixty percent tread there. That's fine. yeah, <laughs> it's just doing well. Maybe not sixty, mid fifties. Anything over half, I feel like it's pretty good. He's like Tom Brady winning Super Bowls. Basically, he gets there half of his career. He wins most of them. <laughs> like no big deal. Yeah, I mean, and he's got. Five Golden Globes out of eleven, if I'm counting right. Whatever, who cares? There, there is no guarantee you're counting right. That is actually that's true. Yeah, I, I'm doing this quick on on Wikipedia of all things, so who knows? I could be wrong. <laughs> or somebody who inputted that. Right? Yeah, jerks. Uh, college professors don't like that when you use the Wikipedia. Listen, someone's got to use Wikipedia, or it wouldn't exist. Uh, that's that's Wikipedia is just a giant group think. I love it. <laughs> and, you know what? It's funny. And, I've never actually heard it described that way, but that's actually pretty good. Well, and it's an easy way to insult people. Like you can go like change things on Wikipedia to say like, you know, this movie or like this actor is so and so's daddy because like, they well, beat that, him I mean, every award show or something. Such in the the sports realm all now. the time. Like, oh, who is Tom Brady's daddy? Oh, Josh Allen. Okay, <laughs> right. It happens all the time. So good. So much. It fun. is so good. Right. But yeah, I mean, really, I, for for me, if I'm, I I I think I've already tipped my hand with this one. So I mean, a personal favorite. I love Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor. I think he's fantastic. Um, Tom Hanks is probably number two or like one B for me. It's just my personal all time favorites. I mean, I and I think we could do an entire show on like picking our like our generation's acting Mount Rushmore, right? Which well, which might all be the fun. things. Well, it just it worked out. For for us personally, where it just sort of happened that way. Then when we were kids, in whatever ninety five we said it was, when we were eight, the first Toy Story movie came out. Right. 
So right when our parents would have been taking us to see animated movies anyhow, it just happened to work out that he was in he did Toy Story. And uh, you know what I mean? That became a thing for us for, I don't know, when the last one came out, like seven years ago, 2015. Something, something like, like that. that, yeah. So, I mean, really, most of our adult life. Toy Story 4, 2019. It was actually later than that. So over 30 years. 27 years. That is just, it spanned our entire lives. Yeah. And, and, and just things like that. Like, again, I love rewatching Big. And then, you know, when we're in high school and we're finally able to watch R-rated movies because, you know, we waited till we were 18. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you've got things like The Green Mile and, and just great epic movies. Where like, I, I remember watching Green Mile with my family. Like, my, like we rented that from Blockbuster the last time we rented movies from Blockbuster. I was just going to say, that's a very old sentence. <laughs> but I get it. I understand. That's yeah. This was before, like, it came out right before Netflix became a thing. And then, even when Netflix became a thing, it was a thing where they sent you DVDs and you sent them back. Right. You know, like it was before streaming was a thing. But like, everything this dude did was just so so good. And like, I'm I'm sitting here realizing like the stuff that I haven't seen that he's done. And I'm like, well, shit, I got more movies to watch. Trying to think of like, did he have did he have a flop? Did he, have, did he have one that just wasn't? I mean, maybe early on, like we're going way back. Probably. I mean, everyone. You know, does, I, think, right? I think I think you got to go. I mean, it's almost impossible to have a career that goes forty years and to just not have something that you know, hey, it just it didn't go over well. It was not great. So I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like Cloud Atlas comes up. Joe versus the volcano comes up. And Joe, that's way late, or I'm sorry, way early. Right. Volunteers comes up. That's another early one. Nothing in common from 86 comes up. So the point we were making earlier, like really like once he did big, it was like all up from there. Yeah. With, with the exception of, again, Cloud Atlas or Jimmy, I'm just looking at like Rotten Tomato scores. Yeah. So like and even still like so they like his worst movies like the terminals on here but it still has a sixty one percent like there are things that have zeros right <laughs> so the fact that one of his quote worst movies is a sixty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes I'm like all right well that's fine so like as I'm getting into the top ten here uh, old movie old movie like the eighties the eighties the eighties the eighties you know what I mean yeah. like all of it basically his first couple of things yeah before uh, he really found his stride with like what everyone sees him as and who they see him as, a, as an actor and as a personality. You know, what's crazy on here. So his rotten tomatoes for uh, the Da Vinci code is only a 26%, which really? honestly, I don't, I don't get that. I may, maybe angels and demon, maybe like the second two, I would argue right. that the, Hey, all right, I get it. They're not as good as the first one. I really liked angels and demons personally, but again, I might just be reminiscing of the book and how much I enjoyed. I, mean, I remember seeing the movie and like, I don't know if this is actually, I remember seeing this movie because there was a three week stint where we went to the movies as a group in high school and our good buddy Poe ruined three movies in a row where the first time like we went, and I think it was during angels and demons. We were like, Hey, listen, like, you know, everybody make sure you got your, because this was when cell phones were new. So like you, like people actually reminded each other, like, Hey, make sure your ringers off. Right. 
So Seriously, it, it won't be. We were, we were customizing ringtones back then and all this right. other stuff. And our Motorola, Motorola flip phones, the Razor. Yeah. And so the funny part about it is we're sitting there watching the, uh, we're, we're watching Angels and Demons. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to like stall for just a split second here while apparently my computer installs Spotify again. Um, Technology is great when it works the right way. Well, it's got to think, right? And thinking is stupid. But so we're sitting there watching um, the uh, Angels and Demons, and it's during a really, really intense part. And also, like, we're all sitting like on the edge of our seats, and all of a sudden, like, come on, starts playing out of post pocket, and we're like, dude, so you're like, we we said it, like, come on, and then. The next week, like, or maybe like the maybe like the week prior, like he got a text message and it was like a longer text message tone. It, it wasn't a beep. It was like a whole song for a text message, which yes. seems a little bit ridiculous by itself. But that's what he wanted to do. So all right, or like not not a whole song, but like a quick like blip, and then like the, we we're like, dude, and he's like, it's off. And then the next week, like all the small thing starts playing, and then we're like, dude, leave your phone in the car. So he did. And the problem is the, the third week we saw uh, X3, The Last Stand. And when Professor X died, the whole theater is quiet. And all of a sudden you hear Paul go, out of nowhere. And we're like, what are you doing? You're not invited to the movies anymore. That's Paul, my story. If you're, listening, Paul, if you're listening, it's been 20 years. You're still not invited to the movies. People don't forget. It is. <laughs> we were almost going to do super bad, so that would have worked out. People don't forget <laughs> that, that ban has not been lifted yet. Oh, it hasn't. It hasn't. But we also so watch I'm, movies at home at, at people's houses, so it's not as big of a deal. And no, nobody uh, has right. their ringer on anymore. I mean, come on. Seriously, my phone is permanently on vibrate. Yeah, I, don't I, don't, I don't even know what my ringtone is. I, yeah, I, it's permanently on vibrate. I've never. I don't ever have it up. I don't, I don't know why you would. It's in your pocket. You can feel it vibrate. You can hear it vibrate. Right. You just move on with your day. I don't, I don't know. And, it, and if That's I don't, me. I'll check it in 10 minutes anyway. Relax. So, yeah. Jeez. So, I mean, really, it's, it, taking a similar theme into this week's episode, uh, he gets five clicky clackers from me. As, as a human, as, as an actor who is a master of his craft with a career that spans four decades. Absolutely. Five yeah, clicky five clackers. Five. I would, I, look, no, screw that. I'm giving him six. <laughs> six out of five my no, man, so got, my man got extra credit he's an 11 out of 10 all right we're yeah. going right for it yeah we're going for it so because uh, tom hanks i think was the only or i'm sorry forrest gump was the only movie i gave like a four net like a five it was early on but it was it was got one of the highest grades that we gave yeah i'm actually going to go through and uh one of these days i'm actually going to create a list and kind of put it out there like our our highest rated movies and one of these days we're gonna have to do like a really crappy movie. And be like, this movie sucked. But uh, okay, we yeah. need the Hall of Shame. Yeah. So uh, that being said, guys, that'll do it for this episode. Episode twenty-five. We're a quarter of the way to a hundred. I don't know why that matters, but that's the big number for podcasts. I'm told. <laughs> um, <laughs> episode twenty-five of Producers. Uh, Producers part of the BICBP Radio Network. www.bicbp-radio.com. Go there. Let find us. Uh, you can find our four other show, or three other shows: Hats, Tats, and Stats, Tip of the Cap, and Common Debauchery. Like, follow, share, subscribe. You can find all of them on Spotify, Apple, Whole Nine Yards. You know the drill. You're hearing us, so you know where to find us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Like, follow, share, subscribe. The Producers on Facebook. And uh, with that being said, Quote King.
I know we didn't miss last week, but it's good to be back anyway. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. For another consecutive week. No, yes. no weeks off for us. No weeks off. Hashtag no weeks off. That's so right. uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. And with all that being said, that's a wrap. Hi, uh, I'm Dr. D. I'll be your attending physician today. Uh, what seems to be the problem? Doc, I, I, I don't know. I, I look around me and, uh, at the world and everything. It just, it's just so weird. How so? Everything's just so different. I don't know. I, I notice this stuff all the time. Hmm. Let's see. That seems pretty serious. But, uh, you know, there, there's really only one thing I can prescribe to you for you know, a time like this, and that's some common debauchery. What's that? Common Debauchery is a show about all the weirdness in life in 2021. It's sure to bring laughter to your life and help you get through. Tune in to Common Debauchery every Tuesday on the BICBP-Radio Network or dial it up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Common Debauchery. The world's weird. Why not laugh about it?